quarter than our man Wild Bill. He was Cupid earlier this year. It's got to be distracting shooting free throws. Coming off a high, we went to the uh, Ag or the Salt Lake Bees game last night. It was yep. Aggie Aggie night at the Bees game, and it was just so fun to be with all the other Aggies. We had three whole sections full of Aggies. Yep. I saw some really good friends from college. Um, all the Delta Delta Sig boys that I used to hang out with. Um, it was really good seeing all those guys, and uh, and then just lots of other good friends from college. Some former players. Um, I don't know. Do you remember Taryn Lloyd? I do. Yeah, I saw Taryn Lloyd last night. Him and his his wife Reagan, who was a Aggieette, and they have the cutest little boy, and she's pregnant with a second. But I saw a bunch of uh, old Aggies and current Aggies, and uh, let's see, Babe uh, or Abel Porter was there, and uh, Sam Merrill, Sam Merrill, and um, Dominic Everly. Yeah, as far as athletes went. Well, and then there was. Sam Merrill's wife. And I forget the girl's name that played basketball. Was it basketball oh, or volleyball? Uh, volleyball. Volleyball. No, it might have been basketball. I don't remember. She was Shoot. she was really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, but it was a really fun night, and it was really cool to hang out with all the Aggies. I'd suggest next year to make sure you guys come to us. For sure. Um, but if you're a big guy, don't buy the shirt because they never make big ones. <laughs> they didn't. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you got me, Wild Bill, and I'm in the studio with my dude. Kellen, what's up, dude? <laughs> and today we got a we got a good one for you. It's uh, an old roommate of mine, uh, football player. Um, he's got chocolatey, beautiful skin. He does. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Wimpy. Kevin, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Pleasure being out here, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Before we started, me and Kev just kind of catching up and having a good time, and man, didn't miss a beat. Kevin is seriously one of the funniest people I've ever talked to in my life. And I got to send that right back to Bill. Uh, we had some crazy times back at the house, but we'll leave those off the podcast, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm married now. The wife doesn't need to hear it all. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she'll see that Kevin was on this episode and make sure not to listen to this. One. I'll warn her. I'll warn her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kev, what's up, man? How's life? Uh, life is good. A lot's happened over the past couple of years since I've been done uh, playing football at Utah State. Uh, it's kind of cool to see, you know, all the different stuff there is to do outside of athletics. It's been fun to stay plugged in, though, and watch the teams and the way they performed yeah. and, and all that. It's good to be back talking about the, uh, the boys in blue. Yeah, buddy. for sure. Yeah. So do you uh, do you follow the Utah State football and stuff still? I do, and I followed them big time back when I got to got the opportunity with Scotty G to do yeah. twelve eighty the zone. Oh, yeah. It's kind of fun to travel with a team and and see the game from a different perspective. Uh, but anytime the Aggies play national TV or not, I'm always going to be a guy who's at least going to check the updates or tune in and watch some guys play. So huge supporter of Aggie athletics. Love to see him do well. Um, you're going to have to come up to some games with us this fall. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were saying last night that we have more, what, 400 more season tickets? I don't remember the, yeah. than they've ever sold before. Um, but they still have plenty more to sell. And to renew. And to but, renew yeah. because there's just, you know, it's so much f- more fun when that place is packed. A hundred percent. And from a player's perspective, like when we walk out of a game and we see the stadium almost full yeah. and there's 30 minutes before a kickoff, I'm telling you what, it, it doesn't matter whether we're playing in front of 20 or 30,000 people because we still have to get the job done. But when you do show up to the stadium and it's booming, there's a lot of excitement. You can smell the barbecue, the hamburgers, yeah. hot dogs yeah. in the air. Uh, we got a new sound system up there now, so you can actually hear the music. 
telling you th- when you guys come to the games and put butts in the seats, uh, it really does add to the team's the swag that they play with, and it, it does contribute to the outcome, believe it or not. Dude, and you know what I love seeing at the games? <clears throat> I love seeing families. I love seeing, you know, moms and dads with kids, you know, infants to, you know, teens, whatever it is. Because it's just like it's just like, man, this is like an entire family of Aggies. Yep. And you know, it was fun last night at the at the Bees game. Um I saw a bunch of you know young families and it's just like this is awesome. This is yeah. great to see just all these, you know, young families that, you know, they they have other important things in their life, but they're making Aggies priority, and it's it's just really cool, and it's, it's heartwarming, and it makes a really good environment, I think. Yeah. Yep. You know, okay. kids are going to scream. Let them scream at the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a special it. spot to be too. Cash Valley and all it offers. It's cool because yeah. when yeah. these fans buy in, like you say, generations of families. So mom, dad, little kids. All the way up. I mean, it's a great time to go feel like you're actually supporting a cause that you contribute to. Yeah. When you know that players rely on you and play with more swag when the game's sold out, and you can be a yeah, piece yeah. of that puzzle uh, yeah. to, to help the team run through a winning season. It's kind of cool to be able to touch a game or influence a game like that. Now, you, you haven't always grown up in Aggie. You grew up in Satan's butt crack, as I like to <laughs> call it. Utah County. And I'm telling you what. <laughs> I used to have the BYU recruiting tickets, and I'd give the Utah State tickets away. I didn't want to go see him play because it was always a beating. So yeah. I'll take it a step further and say I was not an Aggie supporter. Obviously, that's completely different now. Yeah. Was, well, and you know, you sometimes you're just dumb in your younger years, yeah, right? I was. You <laughs> got to hit the button you, for me on that. <laughs> Is it this one? Yeah. Oh, we don't have the levels up. Oh, it's, <laughs> you got to hit again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's kevin to Wayne. the old support of byu yeah yeah i'm a new man now i found myself so what uh so growing up uh in utah county and you have a twin brother i do kyle yeah um you know quick funny side note i don't know if i've ever told you this i have two buddies i grew up in high school with kevin and kyle twin brothers it's crazy and i never knew that that's um, crazy. small world yeah small <laughs> But you know, did they have chocolate skin balding no. and monotone? <laughs> balding, yes. Yeah, chocolate might have been us. <laughs> balding and monotone. Yeah. Um, no. So you guys grew up in Utah County. Did you guys grow up fans at school down south or what? Yeah, we were friends. Uh, shared the same friend groups. We really hung out and did everything together up until. Uh, he started dating and I started dating different girls. So, I mean, that's good. Obviously it wasn't the same. Uh, they weren't <laughs> into that down there, but as soon as <laughs> our girlfriends kind of separated us, but then once we committed to Utah state, I mean, those girlfriends weren't with us. Uh, and we'd go to practice every day, roommates together. Uh, we had always imagined playing the game of football together, uh, from a very young age all the way through hope. We hoped the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you guys got that chance all the way up to college. Yeah. And it was special. I I mean, being able to go to practice with your brother. I mean, right away, you already know you have a dude right next to you that's ride or die. Funny thing is, though, I was always a defensive end. He was an offensive tackle. And we played on the same side of the line. So we would kill each other every day. Every day it was a measuring contest. And and we (laughs) always had to get the last. (laughs) Knock it off, Phil. You might have to beep that out, but fill in the blank. (laughs) It was a contest for sure, and I win. I win. We're talking about offensive, like the the battle in the trenches is what you're winning, right? No, uh, our gardening, our summer squash and cucumber challenge. We used to see who could grow the biggest cucumbers in our gardens. Gotta love cukes. Yeah. Bill's not breathing over here. He's laughing too I still love to garden, though. Check my uh, Instagram. Yeah. There's some good plants Dude, yeah, me too. I'll take you out and show you my garden. Yeah, yeah we'll check it out. <laughs> you got chickens back there. got it all. Yeah, he does. Do you have cucumbers? Yeah. Got some cukes. He's got- I'm sorry. So we'll get back to, we'll get back to seriousness here. Um, so growing up, playing, um, playing with your brother, did you always play opposite of each other? So like growing from childhood to whatever, you always beat the heck out of each other. Yeah, because I mean he he was the bigger twin, still is. Much better. Yeah, yeah, he still is. Uh, but um, stronger. 
Yeah, stronger too. Uh, but I was a little bit faster and quicker. So it made sense that I played defense, even though in Little League, you know, I played offensive and defensive line because we were just, we were so big. But once we kind of started moving to where you had to specialize in a position, yeah. right. I was a defensive end slash stand up outside linebacker, and he was always uh, an offensive lineman. Cool. Um, so. Where did where did you go to high school and like were you guys both like just outstanding or so we uh, we went to Lone Peak High School graduated from there in two thousand eight uh, I would say that like people might remember us as good players I remember us as dudes that had a nice frame but were underdeveloped so I tell people all the time I graduated high school at one hundred and eighty five pounds at six five now I could bench four hundred and twenty pounds uh, oh. but. But so I had some strength, but I definitely didn't. I had not grown into my body. Like I feel like I'm much more athletic now, and I was a much better player in college than I ever thought I could be in high school. Uh, but we were dudes that had a frame that were late developers in Utah State and Gary Anderson, and then obviously Coach Wells really knew how to put the weight on us and develop us. Yeah, they made. Did they make you eat a lot? Uh, eat till we died. Yeah, uh, I don't know if any of you guys out there listening know about the weigh-in process, but offensive and defensive linemen are giving are given plus four pounds. So every single week, we were held accountable to gain a certain amount of weight based on the position they wanted us to play. Oh wow! And it didn't matter if you weighed that weight or not; you had to get within four pounds of your goal weight. So let's say my goal weight is two hundred ninety-five pounds, and I weigh two hundred eighty-five pounds. Well, it's my job over the next two weeks to hit that goal. And when weigh-in time comes, if you're minus or plus four pounds, there's punishment coming down the pipe because it means you just don't care. So let's say you're underweight. Well, cool. Go buy a gallon of water and drink that thing till you weigh your weight. And they wouldn't care if you weighed in and threw up after the fact. So guys were literally killing themselves trying to pack on that Whoa. weight. It's funny, though. <laughs> any offensive and defensive lineman trying to develop had to go through that. I think maybe the NCAA has put some restrictions in place now <laughs> for the way you gain weight. But it was tough. I hated food during that time. All I had to do was eat. Yeah, dude, wow. that's nuts. That's, yeah. That is crazy. And so <clears throat> was it was it hard for you to hit that weight every week or was or every two weeks? It was, it was initially, um, but then once I got within 305, 310 pounds, my body kind of accepted that as the new weight. What did they want you at? Uh, that was my weight, uh, three, 305, 310. Wow. I felt the best at 295. So, um, but I, like I said, I came into school, well, because I did one semester at Idaho State. I came into school at Utah State probably around 255. And then uh, over the next three years, got up to, you know, three, three ten. So almost wow. a 60 pound jump. That's crazy. And yeah. still felt like you could move. Uh, like, to a degree. I can right. move a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. I could still move to a right. degree then. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, now you're doing yoga. Doing yoga. Do you ever do goat yoga? Never goat. I've heard about it one time. I still don't even know what it means. I saw a van <laughs> the other day that had it. And really? They, they, well, you do you do yoga and the goats just, the goats climb, just on climb on you. climb on you. Yeah, they like walk around and. <laughs> yeah, but what does that even do? What's the Nothing. purpose behind it's it? Just you hang out with do yoga. Goats? Yeah. So goat cross, yoga. cross promotion goats and yoga. And they just are like, dude, let's team up and do this. Thing. Let's do goats and cheetahs. <laughs> you ever done Start wild, wild bill like, yoga? What is that? No, I've never done it. You want to do wild bill yoga? <laughs> Show me. You just, well, you got to just do you know do a pose and I'll come climb on your back. <laughs> <laughs> you, will be, you will strengthen your core like nobody's yeah. business. Or or slip a disc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go into a side bridge and have Bill just sit right on your hip. <laughs> Hold it for three minutes and you two will have a stronger core. <laughs> of course. We need to have Kevin do the voiceover for your commercials, dude. I know, dude. Mm, for Bill, yeah. Wild Bill Yoga. <laughs> Wild Bill Yoga come into a gym near you. <laughs> Uh, or a garden. Yeah, <laughs> garden. We do it in the gardens. Garden Wild Bill's gardening service. <laughs> he will show you how to grow the juiciest cucumbers and squash. <laughs> oh, man. So <laughs> so let's talk about your time at Utah State. Know, we're like, this is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm dying. So, so hold on. Why did you go to Idaho State for a semester? I, was, I didn't know that. Okay, so like I said, underdeveloped coming out okay. of high school. Not a lot of eyes on us either because we were young, uh, right? We were 
17 when we graduated and we had our LDS missions coming up. So we, if we would have gone straight to a Division One university, would have had two years. Then we would have been off two years and back for two years of play. We ended up getting approved to go on our missions early, but nobody knew that at the time. So Idaho State was literally the only offer we had coming out of high school. Uh, wow. We took it, went up there for a semester, then ended up getting approved to leave on our missions early and made it all work because we had four years or five. I think it was, f- yeah, four years to play three. So we had our red shirt years still intact because we played oh, that cool. semester. Yeah, I so see. it worked out nice for us. All right, and then you come down. Coach A is in Logan. Is he your main recruiting guy on your mission? How does that work? Yeah, so Coach A was our contact at the University of Utah when he was the D coordinator okay. there back when they won the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so while we were on our missions, he broke off, and we were able to see that Utah State was making uh, jumps each year to become a better and better team, even though his first two seasons were four-win seasons. Mm-hmm. It was just a much more exciting spot to be. Um, so when we came back, we were looking at uh, Utah State and the University of Utah. Well, Coach Whittingham wanted to make me an offensive lineman, and Kyle was already an offensive lineman. I just I didn't see myself as an offensive lineman, nor did I think I was a guy that could put on weight to play the position. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're going to go up to Utah State. Coach A is going to tell you you're going to play defensive end, and your brother's going to play offensive line, and you're going to play right away, and he's going to tell you about all the big games you're going to play in. But the question is, Kevin, you'll play in big games, but – Will you win those games? And uh, funny thing is, the first wow. season we started at Utah State, me and Kyle started on the offensive line together, played the University of Utah, beat them. Yeah. We went yeah. up to Coach Whittingham, and I was an offensive lineman, so we right. were one-on-one, right? We beat them in the game. He told me I was going to be an offensive <laughs> lineman, and I was. Yeah. But I went up to Coach, and I was like, hey, Coach, we're going to play in big games, but the question <laughs> is, man, are we going to win those big games? <laughs> That's so awesome. I know. It was cool. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Yeah. I love I love that. I love that you just do not care. You'll just say whatever. Yeah, you only live one life. And I feel like if everybody knows where your head's at and where you stand, I mean, I feel like you carry, I don't know, you're an easier person to be around than somebody who stays quiet and doesn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as we all know how we feel about each Commun- other. We communications can, We can start working then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so your first year in Logan, you redshirted. Yeah. And then, so the first year you play is 2012 then? Yeah, 2012. Dude, that, that season with against Utah. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I we talked a little bit with Bish about this, but um, that position conversation with a coach trying to convince a player to move positions, talk to us about that because you were wanting to play defensive line. Was there some kind of like sit down, like come to Jesus moment with Coach A or somebody on the offensive line coach or, yeah, on the line coaching staff that's like, hey, you're going to be over here now. Yeah, so it was that extra D lineman that was redshirting for the team. You end up standing in a bunch of different drills during practice for the defensive lineman because, you know, offensive linemen specialize and defensive linemen specialize throughout practice. So sometimes they just need a guy to stand in. Well, I was one of those dudes who was standing in, and when I was putting work in at practice, I was obviously trying to go hard. Technique looked bad uh, and all that other stuff, but I was still getting the job done in drills. And so the coaches started to think, oh, hey, maybe this is a dude that we could make an offensive lineman. So they just made me an offensive lineman. But later on, uh, obviously starting out at left tackle and starting that first season, when Coach Weber came into town, he thought based on the personnel that we had that I would be a better fit for the team and playing at the next level if I had moved to guard. And at that point, I was like, dude, I'm a left tackle. Don't want to move. And he had that conversation with me because I was already entrenched. Oh, yeah. But okay. looking back, and I've told Coach Weber since, if I would have made that move to guard, because for, on an athleticism chart, I'm probably a little bit less athletic. Well, I am for sure than a left tackle or right tackle in the league. If I would have made that switch and understood that he wasn't just talking to me to you know discredit my athleticism or what I could do on the edge, but just because he thought he could put me in a better position to play in the league, there's a good chance I could have still been playing as a guard. You know, I'm in a tighter box. I was a dude who could bench a lot of weight. Uh, So coaches really know how to move a guy around. Were you left or right guard? Did you pull? I was a left tackle. Oh. And Kyle was a right guard. Would they? Okay. I would have played left guard if I would have made the switch. Yeah. All right. So hindsight's 20, 20. (laughs) Yeah. If a coach asks you to make a position change, I would go ahead and do it because they've, they've been around enough players to know. That's almost exactly what Alan said. He's like, his dad, I guess, technically told him Alan Bishop was saying that on a couple episodes ago that 
his dad was like, hey, you know, the guys get paid a lot of money to do this and have done this for a long time or suggesting you move to, to, the, yeah. to the line. The only so, person that thinks you're... That you're uh, what was it a DN? DN? Is you, no, a tight end. Oh, tight end. That's right. The only that's person who thinks you're a tight end is you. And so he was going to go accept. Yeah, okay. We don't need to rehash his whole but, story. But, but that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh no, coach, I can catch. What do you mean? Right. Yeah. And you think they're trying to have a measuring contest? Right. Thing is, it's not. It's not that. We'll call it it's, an ego measuring contest. Yeah, whether you can catch the ball or not, you might be more physical than your average tight end. Yeah. So they know why they're asking you to right. make the move. Yeah, makes sense. They know it. So uh, Utah State, first year, 2012, big year for us as a program. Awesome, yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about the 2012 season. What are some of your, your highlights? What are some of your thoughts that year? Well, the the Utah game was obviously awesome just because, you know, hard, good team, awesome, like one yeah. of the top five defensive lines in the nation. So there was a lot of talk going to the week, you know, can this offensive line hang? What can they do? And we went in there, and it was a knockdown, drag out battle that obviously ended with us winning a fair um, a fair match, obviously in overtime. Uh, some other games that come to mind, games I'll never forget. The BYU game was that year, six to three, yep. no score, and we had a chance there on like the two inch line to punch it in, and we didn't. And then the Wisconsin game, obviously the two minute drive put us in field goal range, and we missed it. Those two games are tough, but at the end of the day, they taught me that. All you got to do is keep your head up, keep grinding, keep fighting, and good things will happen. So even though I'll never be able to say that I was a part of a BCS-busting team, and we would have been that year yeah. had we won those two games, uh, I was still a part of you know the winningest class in Utah State football history, and and uh, and it was a really fun season, and I still maintain a lot of relationships with a lot of dudes from that team. That's awesome. Dude, that, was, that team was full of just like all-stars and just good – good pieces to that puzzle that just worked. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know about Matt Austin and, mm-hmm. and all the other guys, I mean, that played on that. But a dude who I still think about and laugh about and smile, uh, Chuck Jacobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was the happiest dude I've really? ever played against. Really? Yeah. Then we would at practice. The guy was always smiling. He was always dancing. It's like, does that guy even care about the game? But the thing is, his positive attitude is what led him to perform the way that he did. He would finish every catch with a score. He would spike the ball. He would dance even at practice. <laughs> the thing is, looking back, having that much fun. I mean, I didn't really even grasp what it meant till I was a senior and started having fun at practice myself. But that dude still brings a smile to my face with the way wow. that he played. That's Super awesome. positive guy. Love him. That's awesome. Dude, that, yeah, I would never have thought that. Yeah, he's yeah. funny. <laughs> I wonder what he looks like or is doing now. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to check in on him. I haven't him. talked to him since we finished playing, but he's a dude. He's the man. Maybe That's we'll have awesome. to get him on here and just be happy and positive for us. He's have, cool. Yeah, have him teach us how to dance. Yeah, One by Kevin out. Yeah, I can go to. I can throw down some serious I think I saw, moves. is it you or your brother that was in the, one of the videos that the football team released? That highlight video. Yeah, where he's dancing after <laughs> yeah, a big win. That was me. That was you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, if I you see, want to see I've what I looked moves. like back in the day, yeah, watch that video. Dude, I'd like to see a side-by-side of you now. No kidding. I don't think people understand how <laughs> how tough you look right now and yet slim, like just looking good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, but you got skinny little chicken legs now. I do, but I've always <laughs> had those. <laughs> I was always one of those dudes that skipped leg day. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you can. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about it so much anymore. No, dude, yeah. you look you look really good. I could I couldn't believe how uh, how trim you are. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks is uh, is your brother Kyle? Is he still huge? Yeah. So he's um, so he's actually a hospital administrator uh, in San Francisco, and they just made him a bishop. Uh, Twenty nine years old of a family ward in California. Wow. So to say the least, the dude has zero time. I think he's around three forty, three fifty. It doesn't look bad carrying yeah. that weight, but he's definitely still, you know, a couple pounds over his playing weight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And when, because he was always bigger than you, right? Always, yeah. Always has just been a little bigger. Has he been, is he still pretty mobile for as big as he is? Can he, can he still move? It, yeah. Well, and he's still competitive too. Like we went out to California last year and he's like, hey, Kevin, let's race. And so <laughs> I raced him twice and beat him both times. But I mean, it was, it was respectable. And then he turns to his wife, who just had a baby, and he's like, babe, 
put the stuff down. Let's race. <laughs> he <laughs> he just beat me, so he wanted to beat his wife. <laughs> I, I it's like, bro. He thought that would offer some type of consolation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, nobody cares if you can beat your pregnant wife. <laughs> Next time, next time he's in Utah, tell him, come, I'll beat him in a foot race. He'll love it. I bet he's already got his trip booked. Yeah, challenge, yeah. challenge laid. Kyle Wimpy, I will beat you in a foot race. Ooh. Ooh. Kyle and Bill coming at you. <laughs> Maybe we should have that race at the first football game. Yeah, oh, there we go. At our tailgate spots, yeah. for sure. Tailgate race. But yeah. they, they have oxygen there, right? Yeah, we can. We, yeah, you know the trainers. Well, well I've enough. got the cold tub, hot tub. <laughs> They'll tape you up, give you a massage, whatever you need. Aggie Athletics will take care. Yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so what? When you so during your your seasons at Utah State, um, you got injured, correct? Uh, I had been injured a couple times, but it was just more my knees were sore. Oh, okay. Kyle ended up, uh, he ruptured his patella tendon. Oh, it was Kyle. Again. Tore it completely in half and then missed the rest of his career. Yeah. Oh, man. It was tough, for sure. How was that seeing your brother have to be done playing? Because, um, you know, you guys both had aspirations to play in the league together and play college together. What was that like seeing him just done? It was tough. And I... Uh, it was actually really hard. Uh, like even to the like tears obviously were shed because you got to take into account we're twins. We're identical twins. We've done everything in our lives together up to that point. And then to see your brother go down like that and he realized his season was over. We realized the injury was serious. It was really hard. I even, I switched jerseys for the rest of the season to wear his number to kind of represent him in some way. Oh, that's cool. But it, it was, uh, it was hard. It was weird going to practice without him. We even had to, when he got a surgery, he couldn't travel with us anymore. So it was weird not traveling oh, with yeah. him. Uh, it was hard on me for sure. Um, what year was that? Uh, that was, uh, 2000. That was the year 2013, 14. Was that your sophomore junior? It was year? coach Wells first year. Oh, so okay. It was, was my junior year. Okay. Yeah. A poinsettia bowl year. Yeah. I uh, just can't remember. Was that 13? So 12 into 13? Or was it no, 13 into 14, right? Yeah, because 2012, yeah. even though we went 11 and 2, we went to the Potato Bowl. Oh, oh okay. And then the following year, we went to, yeah, the Poinsettia Bowl. It was that year. If we're wrong, somebody will correct us. So I'm not worried about that. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's the, why I'm not guessing. You guys are going to be wrong. <laughs> I just remember the order, order of the bowl games and such. So they'll correct us behind their hidden screen name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> correct us with your real name if you're going to correct oh. us. We'll come find you. Oh, I'll follow <laughs> Kevin into that conversation. Yeah. Let's go. Come on, use your real name. Whoever it is out there, use it. <laughs> oh, brother. That's awesome. So so that first year, um, on that note, uh, that was a looking like a tough year initially. I mean, A, we lose Coach A to Wisconsin, right? Yep. Uh, Chucky gets injured. Uh, we end up having, at one point, I believe, using our fourth-string quarterback at oh, some yeah. point. Uh, but I felt like Garrison, Daryl Garrison, stepped up big time as a backup. Uh, we were really confident in his abilities as fans. Like He was super fun to watch because he was a little short and chucky, but he was mobile and could throw the ball. Talk to us a little bit about that that season because it turned out to be one of the more memorable seasons uh in recent history because we went in like a poinsettia bowl, which was kind of a big deal for us as far as being in the Mountain West now and all of those things. And that, that was our first season in the Mountain West. Yeah. Um, we were kind of beaten up on some Mountain West teams to start that season off as well. Talk to us a little bit about that season. The cool thing about that season was it was all resilience. And we took on the mantra, next man up. Yep. Not that each individual player that went down didn't matter, but we didn't have time to sit there and think about, oh, if we only had Chucky, I mean, he was a dark horse Heisman candidate last year, and if we had him this year, we could win. No, we went from Chucky to Craig Harrison to Daryl Garrettson to Kent. And, yep. you know, at the end of the day, no matter who it was back there, who it was on the offensive line, because we had injuries there, who it was on the defensive line, we were just a team that didn't think about it. It's just, hey, what do we got this week? All right, what's my job? Okay, I got it. It was that simple. It was that positive mentality, that positive thought. Hey, nobody's coming to bail us out. Where we just really had to bond together as brothers and people who weren't even planning to play anywhere near the beginning or middle of the season 
had to start strapping up the cleats and getting ready to travel, fly, right. and then actually contribute to the team. So that season, I think, even though we didn't win as many games as my first season in Utah State Blue, uh, was the most rewarding simply because of what we had to do and the camaraderie we had to develop to be able to put together a winning product like we showed that year. That's awesome. How was it for you um, during the transition from um, Anderson to Wells? Because, I mean, that's all playing a part there, too. Yeah. So Coach Anderson, older guy, uh, led some great defenses, been a part of a bunch of different programs, really knew how to take control of an entire locker room. And I think that he really did a really nice job building rapport with a lot of the players on our team. Coach Wells, uh, coming into the head coaching position, love the guy, would die for him. He still called me. He called me this month to tell me happy birthday. Still haven't called yeah. him back. So happy birthday, by the Thanks, way. coach. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Coach Wells, I'd die for him. But Coach Wells did a better job with the top half of the roster and uh, uh, the captains and leadership committee. Um, but he wasn't uh, – and it, this is not a knock. This is just tr- a true observation of both coaches – he did a better job with the top half of the roster. Coach Anderson did a better job with the collective unit. So that's kind of what the adjustment period, uh, in my mind, looking back, was is a little bit better players coach with Coach A. But Coach Wells, over the years, developed uh, the ability to really be a players coach, similar to Coach Anderson, but in different ways. Uh, all things considered, though, pumped for Coach Wells to have the opportunity to go coach down at Texas Tech. Absolutely. But excited as Coach hell to have coach Anderson back in the chair. I tell everybody, and I'm not biased about Utah state, but (laughs) with his ability to recruit the state of Utah and with his connections with all the different high school coaches, then you've got BYU going independent. So they kind of turn their nose up to those blue chip, blue collar players Mm -hmm. of Utah. Right. And they got a bunch of polys. Then you got the university of Utah who's pac 12. So they're recruiting different markets now because they have access. Yeah. Utah state will be the team that will go after these guys like me and Kyle or the BJ Larson's or the yep. vigils who were right. overlooked and need to be developed. And they will build those guys and they will crush these Utah teams for the next five years. I am telling you with coach Anderson's ability to recruit the state, Utah State will be the best team in Utah for the next five years. Well, watch, we're I watch. Just, we're always the best team in Utah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about from a right. from, from statistical yeah, winning if, standpoint. If you take a look and you see like what's out there in the state of Utah right now and the kind of kids we produce in high school, and then you pair them with Coach A and his ability his ability to recruit. Yeah, and the way that I mean him and Jim Lobb's relationship yeah. and yeah the facilities at Utah State. I'm telling you what, there's nothing Coach A can't ask for in Logan that he won't yeah. get. And then we all know he can win games in Logan. It doesn't <laughs> matter about Wisconsin. Doesn't matter, uh, and Oregon State. I mean, you can't recruit like he's comfortable recruiting in Oregon. So well, regardless of the blemishes on his career since he's left here, it doesn't matter. He's the care. guy for the job up here. I agree with that. Well, and in, in Wisconsin, and that it's just like the eighties. They at those levels, they take so much more control. Yeah, and like yep. I don't know, we here we just need to let Coach A do his thing because he's got a proven record. And he's going to do really well for us, like you say. He can he can recruit like nobody's business here. Yeah, we're going to get. <clears throat> I don't know. We just need to let him do his thing, and he's going to produce for us. I guarantee you. Well, and the dudes went and tested the waters other places. So what is this guy now? Now, hey, the grass isn't greener anywhere else. And look, maybe he is a niche coach. Maybe he does perform in a niche market. Well, Utah State is the guy's niche, and he's mm-hmm. not looking to jump. So what does that do to all these players coming in? Gives them the stability to understand that the coaching staff they're coming in here to work with will be there with them for the next four years of their lives. Kids really want that. They want that consistency, and they want that ability to grow and learn from somebody they know and trust. Coach A is going to be that guy for us, and we are going to kill it up there. We were, dude, well said. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, we were, that got me super pumped. I know. <laughs> we, we, were actually, we were just there on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday this week? Tuesday, or? yep. Tuesday. We were just up there, and we actually interviewed him. His his hasn't released yet, but by the time yours does, as well. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but his hasn't released yet, but we were up there, and they were redoing the locker room. And, yep. You know, we talked about him being a player's coach and how he really cares about the players and he's got what beyond football 
Yeah, the Beyond Football program. Have you heard of the Beyond Football program that he does? No, I haven't. Um, so it's you know Wonga is is heading that up. Okay, um, but it's to to get these student athletes into internships and and things to let them know there's more than football out there. So he's like, when when they leave, you know, college, I want them to be have something more than just football. Yeah. And uh, you can tell that guy really cares about players. About um, people. I, yeah, people. Yeah. You know, we were there, and, you know, as we left, we were there for an hour talking with him. He gave Kellen a big hug, and, you know. <laughs> we feel, were old friends. Yeah, just felt <laughs> like you were old buddies. It does, though. It's kind of guy he is. Well, and the, the cool thing is about a Beyond Football program, you've got a lot of alumni that are willing to come in and give back, to talk to the players, to say, hey, here's what I wish I would have done, but in a way that a player will hear it. Not like, oh, back when I was your age, I could throw the ball over them mountains. <laughs> right, right. We don't want to do any of that. We just want yeah. to say that, hey, I wish I would have thought like this. Hey, when it was third and 10 and I was down in my stance and I was playing against an all, uh, all-conference all player, in my mind back then at Utah State, I was thinking, don't get beat. You're going to look like a whatever. You know what I mean? Don't. It was all negative self-talk. If, if, if we could give a message to the players like, hey, think positive, understand you've been here before, you got it, you can do it, mm-hmm. you got this. You're going to shut them down. It's third and 10. Who cares? I've been in a million of these situations. And you can talk to yourself and motivate yourself internally just a little bit different. I swear, when I went to, from college to the NFL, that was the difference between the good and the great players was the way they thought. They thought positive. They influenced themselves positively. They It was all positive self-talk. And those dudes knew that they could get the job done. And they didn't need that negative motivation internally to get it done. Dude. That's interesting perspective. Do do you feel like you have that mentality now? Well, I think I do, and I think that mentality is what. And I'm not saying I've got it all figured out because there's a lot of different areas in my life where I need to improve. But let's talk about the weight loss. I mean, going from 320 pounds to 245 or 30 pounds. I'm not saying I'm cool. It's not about that. What I am saying though is I started talking to myself different. I went on hikes. Guess what? I hated hikes. My tibialis, that shin splint muscle, Mm -hmm. killed. My knees hurt coming downhill. My quads would fire up. My lower back would kill. But guess what? As I committed to hiking and just saying, hey, Kev, you can do this. You got it. Keep walking. You got it. I would literally say that. And I just kept walking. And then when I was hiking, weight would naturally shed. I'd get in better shape gradually. And then I found that I was starting to look around when I was in those mountains rather than looking at my feet, coaching myself. Then I started to enjoy nature in a way I never had before. And as a byproduct, weight would fall off my body. It was just because I talked myself through those hard times. Yoga, I can do the splits now. I was the most unflexible offensive lineman ever. But I just told (laughs) myself, you got it. You'll get there. You can do this. You can do this. And in a lot of other personal situations in my life, been through a lot with, you know, all kinds of different stuff. I tell myself in those areas too, and at work, you got it, you got it. And I'm starting to see the amount of output and the success that I'm having in my life is starting to exponentially increase as I become more positive with the way I talk to myself. Does that, is that something you're going to teach your daughter? A thousand percent. Oh. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what situation punches you in the face. You still have to live life. You still have to fight. You can't quit. You can't give up. And what's going to get you back on track faster thinking about what a bad person you are or how unfortunate the specific mistake is, or are you going to say, Hey, just got punched square in the face. Let's learn from this. Let's accept it. Yeah. And then let's say next time that happens, I'm going to get it. Cause I can, it doesn't matter if you fell 20 more times. Yeah. Talking to yourself in a positive way, regardless of whether you fell 50 times or one will get you back on track faster than negative motivation. And that's all I knew how to do. Uh, back when I was a an Aggie athlete, was motivate myself with negative self talk. Dude, that's a that's a really good perspective. I kind of wish in my life I would have had that earlier. Um, Agreed. I don't know that I still have it yet, but now I'm going to. <laughs> but, Just uh, try it. Yeah, well, you no, I definitely it. will. Yeah. But when uh, back in 2014, my best friend passed away, and I just lost my mind. You know, I and uh, I could have used it at that point. You know, I went hitchhiking for a few months and just decided I do not care. And I, you know, I just kind of hid from, from my problems or ran from my problems. I didn't want to be in Logan anymore because, you know, that's where we'd, I'd grown up with him and I'd seen, you know, everything. And so instead of facing him and, 
and, you know, going through that positive, kind of like what you're talking about here. You know, I ran from them, which was nice because I didn't have to deal with it. But then three months later when I moved back and decided to become a regular member of society, and then then I just had prolonged the process, and, and I was that much worse off for it. For sure. And it's not to say that you, in that situation, can't take the time to mourn. Absolutely. And and, and there are some situations that will sidetrack you. But once you get to the realization of, you know, life happens, people people come and go, regardless of how important the relationship is. You know, parents can die. I, I could lose a child, which God forbid that ever happens, because I really don't know how I'd be able to handle that. But at the end of the day, and even though I haven't been in every specific situation, positivity reigns supreme. It will be the fastest thing to get you back on track. How did you uh, How did you gain this this new positive outlook on life? Well, I I think I could really I I could push it back to probably a year and a half or two years ago when I met uh, kind of like I was telling you before. Yeah, um, I, dating this girl. I've been with her for a year and a half. Uh, we have three kids together. I will marry her. Uh, but um, I found somebody that believed in me. Uh, I found somebody that knew that I could get the job done no matter what was coming down the pipe. And she kind of gave me or instilled that motivation or that positive self-belief in who I was. Um, but you don't always need another person to be able to get to you to that point. feel like you could get there. Uh, by yourself but at, at the point in time when i met her i had failed in a lot of different areas so i mean now uh, i like to be the dude who goes out and encourages other people to to find that to find that positive thought absolutely that's a great point i just just listen to what you're saying I, i've been working really hard on my weight for the past year and i'm down about 67 pounds since last about just over a year ago from right now and it was just funny to listen to you talk about the positivity thing because it is like a lot of body shaming myself in the mirror and things like that. And recently I've been like that you're looking better. Like I can see a difference and I get compliments more now and yeah. that helps, but it takes practice. I think it legitimately takes you practicing positive thinking to consistently react in a positive way. And check that out. What you needed was just to be able to see the change. Some people can't even get to that point because they're beating themselves up yeah. negatively yeah. to the point where they can't even see the transformation in the mirror. Because if they could, then they would start motivating themselves positively. That's what I'm saying is, in the times that you aren't seeing the changes, that's when it requires you maintain yeah. positivity at all costs because the transformation is just around the corner. The first month I decided to lose weight and I could not lose the weight since I finished playing football. The first month I decided and flipped the way that I was talking to myself, 40 pounds gone. Wow. Whoa. 40. And I didn't do anything crazy. I just hiked three or four times a week and stretched where I stood when I was watching TV. I'd hang into a hamstring stretch or all the different stretches you can do around the house. Cool. Well, I, I saw the transformation simply because I rode through the times that, you know, I wasn't seeing anything, getting any credit, having anybody, anybody talk to me. So that's what, I mean, you will get to the transformation part of it. If you just ride through the, the course. Look at this going from just an Aggie podcast, to a self-help like motivation podcast. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Too. We're all on our ellipticals now, and we are working out. <laughs> in fact, in the studio, we should probably set up that treadmill and like take turns. We'll have to edit out the yeah. sound of the treadmill in the background. But we're one doing more minute, this. Bill. One more. We're one more push. You go. got it. You I'm got go it. Grab, I'm going to go grab those uh, dumbbells. My yeah, we'll just start like lifting in front of those, our guests. The shake weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shake it, Bill. Come on. You got it. Oh, yeah. Keep shaking <laughs> His triceps and biceps are popping. Good work, Bill. Pumped right now. Good work. You are pumping it up. Dude, have you thought about being like a life coach for folks? No. (laughs) No hesitation. No. He's being real. Not even close. I would be down if somebody would pay me, but maybe in another way. I mean, you could coach me and we'll just build your resume. That'll be the payment. Yeah. (laughs) Just text me in the morning and tell me I'm. Yeah. You don't have to pay me with uh, money. Yeah. <laughs> Shake weights. Yeah, gardening. Yeah. <laughs> cucumbers and summer squash. Mm. Ooh, I really do love squash. cucumbers. Me Dude, too. we just, uh, <laughs> another side drag, we just actually been getting lots of summer squash, and we've been eating so much of that this week. 
Yeah, I love them, and we pickle all our cucumbers. Oh, I love pickling. We've talked about that. I would love to have a pickled piece of summer school or now cucumber. Yeah, dude, Mm -hmm. it's it's really good and it's better. I don't always do dill either. I just do all kinds, but we have. And I've even pickled apples, man. I've never even thought about a pickled apple, but I've tried. I'm not sure a lot of people have, but I just did it because I wanted to. So. Um, and I'm actually building a apple press so I can do apple cider and everything. Do you still, uh, juice? I know you were doing that back. Yeah. Sometimes not like I did, but I, I do, I do sometimes. Um, we're actually, we eat pretty healthy here. Um, we do that whole 30. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of whole foods and we're in like day, I don't know, 20 or something at this point, but, um, we, we've done it a few times and it's the, the, the stuff you put in your body really affects how you perform, how you think, how you live, just every aspect of your life. And uh, we've really liked it. Um, we cook most of our food. We don't really like to go out to eat. Okay. Um, and it's you just feel so much better um, with what you're eating. And, I mean, I'm still a very large guy, but I'm I'm also down about 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um. And I just feel so much better. Like I haven't done it yet, but I feel like I could do another backflip off a wall if I wanted to. I might try it again. Yeah, all you got to do is feel like it. Well, I, <laughs> I used to, in, in high school. I did it all the time when I wrestled. Yeah. You know, it, oh yeah. yeah. At two two eighty, I could do it. So, and I'm in, I'm 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 under that, so I could probably do it again. There you go. You got it. Do it. Let's go outside after this. You got it if you believe, Bill. <laughs> do you believe? That reminds me of heavyweights. <laughs> Do you believe? What is it? today's theme is motivation? Do you have any? Or no, is it self respect? Do you have any? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. yet, <laughs> <Yeah>. buddy. <laughs> anyway, oh goodness, that's awesome. <clears throat> so, let's talk a little bit about after college. You've mentioned the NFL a little bit. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that you're not playing currently. So talk to us about that timeline right after finishing college. Steelers? I know that was a, a steep transition, but I figure, you know, who needs a segue? Let's do this. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> playing at Utah State, uh, and then I ended up uh, signing as a free agent with the Steelers and uh, went there, went to camp, got cut. I mean, it was quick. I wanted to stay in shape, uh, wanted to still continue to play football and stuff. But I think that by the time I got to the league, I kind of lost my motivation to play football. Uh-huh. I mean, I it's just my body hurt. My knees were bad. I feel like my body was probably – I was carrying a lot of weight. You know, I was 320, where naturally I probably sit around 240, 250. So when I got cut, I continued to stay in shape, but I ended up getting a uh, job with a company that did automotive marketing and uh, ended up uh, going into sales and doing a good job with that. So I kind of just uh, – cut football i put myself on a clock with that i maybe could have wrote it out a couple more years just because why not when you have right. a frame yeah. and you've already made it to that level uh but i decided not to uh, since then um now i do uh i do shipping uh for automotive dealerships and made a lot of connections with like the miller group and yeah. ken garf and uh tim daly a lot of these different young automotive a lot of these different auto groups in utah and uh, just trying to build a network of individuals who are like-minded and who help me find my path to, uh, to, to where I want to be from a career standpoint and a financial standpoint down the road. That's and, awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. I've, I've networked with a lot of Utah State boosters. Shane Murdoch used to be one of them, but met a couple other guys up in Logan who I can use kind of as a power base. So that would be another thing I might tell players is when you are playing the game, People are paying attention to you. The community is watching you. There's a ton of people out there that can open a lot of doors for you down the road. Thing is, why be a guy who turns your nose up to somebody who offers an autograph? Why be a dude who doesn't want to have a conversation at Angie's when 30 people want to come up and talk to you? Right. Look, I get that you've had conversations with people all day and you're going to a press conference right after you finish with your last homework assignment. But talk to these people build friendships with these people. They will move mountains for you when you finish playing the game of football. And especially an Aggie fan, they are down to help you if you treat them the right way. Because yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. I got the same, like again, not an athlete, but people really gave me that same like love and, and have really helped me too. you know, I get calls and Hey, have you thought about this? You know, and it's just like, man, why are you helping me? You're like the (laughs) nice, you know, our fans are seriously the best fans in the world. Yeah. They're greatest people. 
It's because, you know, we come from Cache Valley. Yeah. Yeah, you got to treat them the right way. It's like, oh, people want to be treated well. And when you're up in Logan, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing else around that town that you can go watch. You are the only show in town. You want to fill up the stadium, talk to, make it a point to go out in the town at one point during the week and just connect with somebody. Dude, I agree with that 100%. If you come down from film after practice and you see a family peeking through the weight room windows, cool, don't just walk down to your car, offer them a tour, telling you that will change their life. Show them the facilities, show them the locker room. What's that going to do? Take 30 minutes. And then guess what those guys are going to do on game day? They're going to have their butts in the seats and they're going to be screaming louder than anybody else. And they're going to bring all their friends. Yeah, it's... Sell season tickets, cool. Talk to people in the community. Do nice things. Be a good person. The stadium will sell out. The attendance will take care of itself. You know, it's funny because I feel like uh, we've, we've met with Coach Smith, basketball head coach, uh, Coach Anderson just recently, and both of them had a similar theme in their recruiting tactic, and that was we need to find guys that fit Logan, not just good players. And Coach A kind of mentions that about coaches as well. I want to find coaches that are good people that are committed to the players, not just good at football coaching, right? And, and I think that, that what you just said plays perfectly into that. They want to find guys that want to go give those tours, you know, of the facilities. They want to interact with the fans. They understand that it's a small market, and that means that you're bigger in that market, right? You're a bigger fixture in that market. And literally, physically, at times, they are big fixtures in the community like yourself. So we do see that. And we, we want to tell good stories about our athletes. We don't want to be like, man, I talked to that guy. He was a total jerk, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, I think that, that that resonates well with what I think Coach A and Coach Smith are both trying to trying to do in the Valley. Yeah, which is why you see the basketball team going to the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? It's back like it was when Bill was in the in the stands, yep. <laughs> controlling no. thousands of people's no. voices at the flip of a finger. <laughs> no, yeah, you sir. were a beast. Yeah. No, sir. That you was... were basically God and Aggie gear. <laughs> no, 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 no. More, more Bill raises more his right Buddha. hand. Five thousand students do the same. <laughs> no matter. Yeah. No, nope. a little bit. I would. Let me tell you. It was. <laughs> I was a small cog on a huge wheel and. The spectrum, look, without me, the spectrum would have been just as awesome. But, you know, without the team and without the fans, I would have been nothing. So what you're saying is that you're a product of the spectrum magic and not the other way around. A hundred percent. I think, I think I that's Bill's I can biggest. respect it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, anytime, even last night, at the yeah. talking to people, they all wanted to kind of give him credit and Bill constantly sheds that away and i was like he's a product of the spectrum magic not a reason for the spectrum 100 percent. we might see it the other way but. check this out that i just came up with an idea spectrum magic though bill you should come out of retirement for one big game i already did that yeah but you need to do it again and you need to freaking lead the herd and like with the team that we've got like coming into this next season Kick, kick off the season with it or something. Yeah, because what I I'm saying that'll is, happen ever. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, this is a team that just came off the NCAA tournament appearance. Keep it you going. know what I mean? And you come back with all the hype to a big conference game, and you lead those guys like you used to in the past. <laughs> My time's done. Yeah. Well, let's start an Aggie petition or something. I guarantee the herd would support the return of their <laughs> they, champion. They. they they no. uh, loved him when he did it this past year at the Nevada game. So do it one more time. I pre- I dude, I appreciate the love, but I'm an old man. I don't they, <laughs> nobody wants to see me down there anymore. That is yeah, not yeah, true. Everybody wants to see that you is down not there. True. Everybody does. Nope. Uh <laughs> I love I will support the Aggies forever, man. Till the day I die. I'm a true blooded Aggie. And uh, but the days of a shirt coming off in front of 10,000 people, yeah, those are limited. <laughs> Just believe you still look sexy, he does. Well, yeah, uh, but do you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of body positivity vibes, trust me. <laughs> His shirt's off. Oh, it is off. He in this is day. rubbing him. He's rubbing him. Wow, that is a first for the podcast. Look, the, Kevin Wimpy elicits the removal of Bill's clothing. Yeah. Wow. And the rubbing of his chest. Oh, he was there loving that. <laughs> wow. I love it. No, Glad I came. Let me, <laughs> we let me tell you. Just, I'm going to put this to rest. Um, the fans are crazy without me. I'm there for fun. I'm there just to hang out. They do not need me back because the place gets crazy without me. Fair. Fair. 
We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Wild Bill coming at you. Nope. We'll see what happens. Doubtful. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're just going to keep saying we'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, l- last night at the Bees game, right? Uh, me and Bill are standing in the back. We'd been talking to a few people, and AD, uh, Coach Hart, or uh, John Hartwell's out down there talking, addressing, you know, the boosters and the fans that showed up. And <clears throat> he uh, announces Sam Merrill being there and a few of the other people. And Bill's standing next to me, and out of nowhere, you hear Coach, or uh, God, why do I keep calling him Coach? Uh, John Hartwell says, and hey, we got another fixture. He, he may not have been an Aggie athlete, but he was a fixture in the spectrum. And <laughs> Bill leans over and he's like, oh, shit, is he about to say me? And I was like, I think he's about to announce it. And sure enough, he's like, Wild Bill in the back, and everyone cheers, and he's just bright red back there. Because we didn't know he was going to no, be doing no that. Idea. But it was just awesome that, that Bill had that kind of an impact, that John Hartwell was not there as the AD, right? No. He yeah. knows the story. He's seen the videos. And as much as Bill doesn't want to believe it, like that is so big, especially for a mid-major school, to get any kind of attention from ESPN in a positive light that just showed how much we're passionate about our sports. Like, oh, that's huge. Yeah. And and that that matters. And that's why we're going to sit here and say, we'll see what happens. Well, we'll and the see. thing is, too, Wild Bill was synonymous with the herd and the environment yeah. that it became known for it was. And you can own that because the thing is, it, it's not that you're being cocky. It's the no, fact no. that... Dude, you were one of the guys that took the initiative to put in that blood. I mean, that took time, blood, sweat, tears, passion, commitment to going to every single game, being pumped every single game. Were you in a good mood every single time the Aggies took the court? Were you ready to go cheer, scream, and freak out? No. No, you had but to you were committed. Pop- yeah. You were committed to something bigger than yourself. Yeah. You built that. That's on you. So high five to Bill yeah. right now. <laughs> Give me that. You built it. <laughs> No, I love it. I, I look at Kevin. Kind, we're pumping people up. Dude. Kind words. Kind <laughs> pumps me up about my weight. Pumps you up about just owning who Wild Bill is. I love hey, it. Hey, you know, I'll tell you this. I view Wild Bill as a window, the opportunity for everybody else to see how crazy the rest of the Aggies are. That's yeah. all I was. I was just I was that gateway that opened the door and showed everybody. Look, sure, I'm doing this, but look at all these crazy idiots behind me. It's They're awesome. crazier than me, and and they were yeah they were good at it like I mean they still are but like the the cheers and things like that that they came up with like oh they we, were we so talked fun. to Matt Faulkner on this show like he had a lot to do with that as well I felt like in that yeah. era obviously there were people before him that made the spectrum really special uh, but but all of that kind of came into like why you wanted to do what you were doing but yeah. also like we we embraced you as a fan base we loved having wild bill we I do like he represents us and we're okay with that i well, do want to say i appreciate all the love i've gotten like you guys are way too kind to me everybody out there um so i i appreciate everything you guys have supported me through the stupid shirtless games and all the stupid <laughs> costumes i did stupid they're <laughs> fantastic you they're support fantastic. me on our podcast like i could not be more happy with with Utah State and, and the love I got, but this podcast isn't about me. It's about Kevin Wimpy. <laughs> I know, but Kevin. See how he does that, man. God, yeah. he really needs some right life coaching. <laughs> yeah, nice deflection. <laughs> A lot of respect for it. <laughs> True. Oh man, that's awesome. Wild Bill for president. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's start with city council. <laughs> let's start there. Yeah. yeah. Let me destroy a city before I destroy <laughs> our nation. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Kukia Imona. <laughs> Dude. Um, so, not much into the uh, the NFL. How was training camp, though? Uh, training camp was interesting. Again, so, what, do, what do we need segues for? I love it. I don't yeah, care. We don't yeah, need I don't them. either. I love it. I just got to bring a conversation it amongst bros. Yeah, <laughs> that's is. all this is. Yeah. So, anyway... Uh, Training camp was cool. The Steelers go to Latrobe, uh, Pennsylvania. It's like a little monk monastery university out in the middle of nowhere. There's like one hibachi restaurant, a movie theater, and then there's McDonald's and Taco Bell. That's basically it. That wraps her up. Funny thing is, you think you're in the NFL, you're living the high life. Oh, there's massages and nice beds to sleep on and everything. No. Before we went to camp, they sent out an Excel spreadsheet of all the things that we could have on our room. And what they cost to rent while we were there. So we had a bed, a TV, and a cinder block dorm room. Uh, We shared Uh a bathroom with a room next to us. Didn't matter what player you are. 
what kind of caliber you were, how much, how many millions of dollars you brought in a season. You slept in a college dorm, uh, just like every other college student freshman that comes through. Oh. You had to rent every piece of equipment that you had in your room. And we lived basic. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? It was basic, dude. And the cafeteria food, uh, even though better than normal college cafeteria food, was just still a step above normal food. And the Steelers are blue collar. So the thing is, uh, even during the days that we were in helmets and shells, we were going full speed. I mean, it's full speed every day. They n- Nobody cares. You're out there to grind, and it doesn't matter who you are. It's hey, You either hang or you don't, and if you don't, we'll just find somebody else to put in right behind you. Wow. Latrobe, that was an awesome experience simply because all of Steeler Nation comes out. They've got like a bunch of different blow-ups, and they've got barbecues, and the fans line the sidewalk, and you walk down and sign autographs, and uh, you got to carry the vet's practice gear off. One thing, though, that stood out with the Steelers, Marquise Pouncey, absolute awesome dude. I love him. I still talk to him today. And I was barely with the Steelers, but he's bought into the guys who come and play as part of his unit. But him and uh, Marcus Gilbert, their right tackle, took us out to eat. Uh, we went to this place and ended up spending, I think it was somewhere around 15 or 20 grand. What? And I, what? Thought I thought they were going to say 100, maybe. No, we were, we were thinking that it was like a, we were thinking, you know, we're going to have to pony up for the spill. He never, he never hazed us. They never want, it was just like Utah state when vets would stay after back when I played and help the upperclassmen come up the ranks, learn the system and all that. They wanted to develop each one of us because they knew that we'd contribute to their goal. And that was to win the Super Bowl. So we could ask about a question. I could ask James Harrison, who was still on the team. Hey, how do I beat your arm bar? He would come in. He was a short guy, six two six he's not, super short yeah totally. but he's, he's not like he looks on tv right he looks huge but the dude's a beast you should see him in the weight room maybe that should be the well, next i've seen question. his instagram yeah, yeah he would come off the left side of the offensive line and extend one arm he'd get that in your chest there was no chopping it off you there was no breaking his arm there was nothing it's like a still rod went straight through your chest and then you ask a guy like that hey how do i combat this or that hey man this is what you do He's quiet, he's calm, he's cool, and he'll talk to a dude that makes, you know, $2,000 a game, just like he'll talk to a dude that plays right next to him that might make, you know, $5 million a game. Yeah. So they are a class, top-notch wow, organization. Cool. It was awesome. Great team to play for. That's awesome. Dude, that's... What an experience. No what, what an insight into a world that I've never been... Right. I wasn't recruited know. heavily at a... <laughs> anywhere <laughs> yeah 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 for some reason they never came calling to me <laughs> it is surprising bill yeah you would think the i mean in the nfl is dog eat dog don't get me wrong they don't care it's a business and all that other stuff but you would think that players would understand that and realize that hey if i'm going to conserve energy and 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 just focus on my craft i'm going to drop the axe on all these other players that don't matter and just talk about the core guys that i know will be here right well they didn't care about all that they cared about creating winners in every level of the roster. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, now you just moved on. You're you're being positive in life, doing all your yoga. Your, yoga, 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 go positive. yoga. Thinking positive. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. What a, what a crazy adventure you've been on the last few years. Yeah, so now uh, meeting Ken, I've got two, two more kids. They were hers from her previous marriage so we've got a seven-year-old a three-year-old and ivy who's four now yeah they all look the same act the same so now it's just dumping a ton of time into being a good parent and hanging out with them and uh and we love doing that so life's a little bit more simple now even though are they aggie more fans? responsibility she has this byu tank top she wears yeah uh, and it, it's funny because i'll be like hey babe you're a byu fan like she, she used to be, she still is. I know she is because Utah State was playing playing BYU this last year, just beating him up, smacking him down, and she was frustrated and saying things like, "Oh my gosh, this is so stupid," or "The refs did this," or "The refs did that." It's like, babe, you're a fan, own it. And they are getting their butts kicked, and it's not because of the refs. Shut your mouth. It's like, she turned the game off early because we were up by like 40 points yeah. or something like yeah. that. It's like, just tell me you're a fan and then go to bed. Like, just own it. I love it. Dude, I married a cougar. 
Yeah. yeah. I, she's a cougar too. Yeah. More than I love her <laughs> one way. I'm a little younger than she is. Oh, oh. <laughs> into older women. <laughs> Dude. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with us and shed some insight into a world that we haven't known before. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Would you mind uh, get, leaving us with our, our little tagline there? Yeah, do you need my radio voice? Or? If you want <laughs> yeah, it, if you it, want give it, it. Give it to us. Every Aggie is a legend. What's your story? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> thanks, Perfect, man. Hey, thanks, yeah, for being thanks for having me, guys.